0: Okay, so today, uh, can you hear me? Can you all hear me? I hope you can hear me. See if you can all hear. Oh, I'm thinking uh, you can hear me. So today I'm going to continue on with um, the fluorite, the good and the bad. So when the evidence that fluoride is more harmful than helpful is so overwhelming we have to question why is it still being added to the drinking water of 170 million americans the british newspaper the london observer stated one possible answers frequently if health, if, his, if health scares about fluoride were to be recognized in the courts the litigation especially in the u.s could be expected to run for decades Consequently, scientists have been inhibited from publicizing any adverse findings. Uh, Below is a prime example of how research showing fluoride dangers is first ignored, then falsely refuted and finally suppressed. Fluoride and increased risk of bone cancer for boys. Evidence that fluoride in tap water can cause bone cancer, uh, osteosarcoma, was first reported in 1990. Osteosarcoma is a deadly form of cancer that is usually fatal within three years. Uh, an animal study by the National Toxicology Program showed strong evidence of a link between fluoridated water and bone cancer in male rats. Several human studies followed that. This study also showed a link between fluoride and osteosarcoma. Harvard dental professors uh, Dr. Chester Douglas stepped up with a small study too small to be conclusive, that did not find a link between fluoride fluoridation and osteosarcoma. In 1992, Douglas submitted a proposal to the National Institute of Health (NIH) for a more comprehensive study of this issue. He received a $1.3 million for his study. During this time, Douglas continuously voiced concerns that worry over osteosarcoma could have consequences for, for fluoridization uh, health policies. No concern was expressed for cancer risks uh, for young boys because of fluoridation, fluoridation. Although Douglas' research did find a statistical link between fluoride and osteosarcoma in boys, but not in girls, he continually summarized his work showing a lower risk for cancer in fluoridated areas. One of uh, his doctoral students, Elise Besson, studied the relationship between fluoridation, growth spurts, and osteosarcoma. Her thesis completed in 2001, but not published until 2006, stated, among males, exposure to fluoride at or above the target level was associated with an increased risk of developing osteosarcoma. The association was most apparent between five to 10 years old, with a peak at six to eight years of age. WebMD wrote about Basin's research and thought it ironic that Douglas, who led her PhD desertion committee, warned that her results were based on a subset of exposed people. Bassin finally looked at the subgroup of people most likely to be affected by fluoridation, children. Her analysis was limited to those who got bone cancer by the age of 20. WebMD health writer Daniel Danoon explained why Dr. Basin looked at this subset. It's because most cases of osteosarcoma occur either during the teen years or after middle age. Fluoride collects in the bones and is particularly likely to accumulate in the bones during periods of rapid uh, bone growth. So BASIN looked at fluoride exposure during childhood for 103 under 20 osteosarcoma patients and compared them with 250 matched people uh, with bone cancer. Her study took into account how much fluoride was in the water in the communities where children actually lived in the history of municipal well water and bottled water use. It is of interest that if one goes by Douglas Warning to factor in all age groups, including adults, the overall risk for osteosarcoma will likely be diminished statistically. However, the fact remains that fluoride is a risk factor for bone cancer in young boys. While Douglas approved Bassin's thesis and quoted from it, he did not mention that her findings were exactly opposite of this conclusion. The Fluoride Action Network, FAN, wrote in March 2004 in his final report to the NIH, Douglas again summarized the results of his first study as showing no significant association between fluoride fluoridation and osteosarcoma. As with his report to the NRC National Research Councilor, uh, Douglas referenced Bassin's thesis without mentioning the fact that her findings contradicted his summary. The Environmental Working Group brought an ethics charge against Douglas in 2005. After a 13-month study, the Harvard Medical um, School and the School of Dental Medicine circled the wagons and concluded Douglas did not intentionally omit, misrepresent, misrepresent or suppress research findings. In the face of such outright erroneous reports of this finding, we have to wonder if Douglas has conflicts of interest. The FAN article on the Harvard investigation notes that, in addition to being a professor of dentistry, Douglas also serves as, a, as editor of Colgate's oral care report. Colgate is one of the most largest manufacturer of fluoride toothpaste. If fluoride were found to cause osteoporosis in children, the potential of litigation against Colgate would would exist not only in the U.S., but in many other countries as well. Colgate, however, is not Douglas' only possible conflict of interest. Douglas, who has been a longtime proponent of water fluoridation, is the chairman of the Board of Trustees for the Delta Dental Foundation of Massachusetts, an organization that, with its other state affiliates, actively promotes and funds water fluoridation programs across the U.S in California and Washington State. Delta Dental has spent hundreds and thousands of dollars lobbying for and funding water fluoridation programs in recent years. The question raised raised by fans is a fair one. It is reasonable to believe that these associations with pro-fluoride organizations make it more difficult for Douglas to report a linkage between fluoridation and childhood bone cancer. The late Dr. John Colcom posed the question, How many cavities uh, would have to be saved to justify the death of one young man from osteosarcoma? In 2010, fluoride, so this is fluoride fluorosis warning. In 2010, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services released a data brief reporting that 41% of adolescents aged 12 to 15 had dental fluorosis from ingesting too much fluoride. Fluorosis leaves white markings or spots on tooth enamel. The spots may be prominent enough to be disfiguring. The more severe forms of fluorosis actually damage tooth enamel. Besides being in drinking water, fluoride is found in dental products like toothpaste and mouth rinses, prescription fluoride supplements, and fluoride applied by dental professionals. HHS and the EPA Environmental Protection Agency announced on January 7, 2011, that HHS proposed recommendation of 0.7 milligrams of fluoride per liter of water replaces the current recommendation range of 0.7 to 1.2 milligrams. The EPA will make a determination of whether to lower the maximum amount of fluoride allowed in drinking water. Bill Offmanson, DDS and president of Washington Action for Safe Water, said, Fluorosis is the first clinical sign of fluoride poisoning. Excess fluoride does not affect only teeth. It also harms bones, kidneys, thyroid, brains, and other organs. Fluoride is not a nutrient, and the body has no need for it. Fluoride and endocrine function. The U.S. National Research Council reported that several lines of information indicate an effect of fluoride exposure to thyroid function. And uh there's a, tar- a chart on how five constituents in clove oil raise glutathione levels. Where does it go thyroid function? on a second. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> I messed up with the pages. Okay, so how many people um how many people know that until the nineteen seventies European doctors prescribed fluorides as a pre. Suppress thyroid function in patients with hyperthyroidism over active thyroid. It was an effective medication in reducing thyroid activity at a low dose of 2 mg a day. People with fluoridated water may be ingesting doses up to 6.6 mg a day that was once used by doctors to reduce thyroid activity. Could this have anything to do with the increase of hypothyroidism under active thyroid in the U.S.? The NRC concluded its review of fluoride in drinking water with this statement. Evidence of several types indicates that fluoride affects normal endocrine function or response. The effect of fluoride induced induced changes vary in degree and kind in different individuals. Fluoride is therefore an endocrine disruptor in the broad sense of altering normal endocrine function or response. The report cited possible mechanisms such as inhibition of hormone secretion, by effects on such things such as calcium balance inhibition of peripheral enzymes that are necessary for activation of normal hormones. A recent Chinese study on the effects of fluoride on human hypothalamus-hypothosis-axis uh, hormones showed that fluoride can cause reproductive endocrine disturbing effects more severe than in males than in females. Fluoride and bone fractures. Fluoride is an equal opportunity hydrofluoric acid salt it can be counted on to increase hip fractures in the elderly. This study is from the Journal of American Medical Society and increased bone fractures in children with fluorosis. Remember that 41% of 12 to 15-year-olds and 36% of 16 to 19-year-olds have fluorosis. That means one out of every three American teenagers not only have molted teeth, but are at increased risk for bone fractures. Dental fluorosis now affecting American youth has more dangers than a marked smile increased risk by bone fractures. A 2011 study of fluorosis served with several vital pieces of information. First, chronic fluoride poisoning is called fluorosis. Second, the researchers in Ankara, Turkey, investigated the effects of fluorosis on the cardiovascular system in children. The conclusion is so technical that clarification from a health professional is added in brackets. Edemic pleurosis is a risk factor for decrease in calcium and FT4 levels. FT4 is free thyroxine and the major form of thyroid hormone in the blood. Uh, Increase in sodium levels and QT prolongation, QTC syndrome is the cause of a sudden death that occurs due to a cardiac arrhythmia. These findings might be uh, related to some cardiovascular system dysfunction, such as arrhythmias, irregular heartbeat, or syncope (temporary loss of consciousness), described as fainting or passing out. Subjects with fluorosis should be monitored in terms of long QT and QTC intervals. Perhaps it's time to ask the FDA why Americans are forced to drink with such a harmful frankincense. I mean, a harmful chemical. The next topic is frankincense, and I'll just. Uh, talk about it for a minute. Frankincense, a gift to the word. Without question, Young Living Essential Oils is the word leader in frankincense because Gary Young has made 15 trips to the Middle East to study the Boswellia species and find the best varieties possible to bring to the market. Through his company, he has invested uh, in trained personnel, personnel equipment and research to back up his own personal studies. Four questions to ask about frankincense. have many... Uh, have company owners and officials actually traveled to the Middle East to meet the people and to find variable, uh, ver- verifiable frankincense sources? Two, does the company own the sophisticated technical equipment needed to test for purity? Does it employ scientists with credentials, a PhD in chemistry, and training to use the technology pr- correctly? Three, does the company invest in a library of important peer reviewed research? Four, Does the company meet and work with leading botanists and and cutting-edge scientists in the field of frankincense research? There is only one essential oil that can answer yes to every single question. Young Living Essential Oil is the the world leader in essential oil. Right now, the four frankincense researchers who are conducting the most exciting frankincense research um, are HK Lim, PhD, Mahood Sunil, MD, R.A. Mustafi, PhD, and John Robertson, PhD. The first two scientists spoke at the June 10th Young Living Grant Convention, and Young Living's Mark Schroeder has met with the third scientist, R.A. John Robertson, PhD, who has conducted studies on equine melanoma and will be working with researchers at Wake Forest University on human cancer studies, has been interviewed by Young Living in December 2010, this, discuss collaborating with Gary Young. So I think um, I'm just going to finish this. So cutting-edge technology and research. Young Living doesn't just talk about GCMS technology. The company owns this expensive equipment and has trained personnel to test every batch of essential oil. Young Living scientist, Cole Wally, PhD, is also trained in solid-phase micro-extraction of SPME. This technology is extremely fast with detection limits that can reach parts per trillion levels for some compounds. You will see references to frankincense studies throughout this document. Know that Young Living has copies of all pertinent research in the field of frankincense studies, not just the abstracts but the full studies. Three different frankincense species. One source lists 42 different varieties of frankincense or boswellia. We want to share information on three of the most well-known species. Boswalia Qatari from East Africa, Boswalia Sakra from Oman, and Boswala Farana from Somalia. And I will continue next week more on the Frankenstein. Any questions, comments? No? Oh, well, thank you for listening and have yourself a great day. Bye for now. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.